Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. My name is Ryan Burkwell. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about market-based assets and promised-based assets. And more specifically, what that means and why you should care. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting concept. It's uh, not something that's talked about a whole lot in our industry. Um, and it uh, might, might open some eyes and change some opinions. Or maybe open ears since they're listening. It, we might open their eyes if they actually saw us. Maybe. <laughs> Which takes us to the... What are we drinking today, Alex? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm wondering if we've had enough already. Well, today we're drinking uh, Hop Diggity IPA. Um, it is a Northwest IPA from, uh, from Port Townsend Brewing out on the peninsula. Uh, clocks in at a robust 8%. Uh, and has uh, 70 IBUs, so it's got uh, it's got a nice kick to it, both in alcohol and uh, hops. What are your thoughts of it, Alex? What 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 for you? You know, obviously it's it's a higher alcohol uh, IPA, um, higher IBU with a kick. H- how does that sit with you? Um, it's good. It, it's <clears throat> it's a a little bit too floral for me. A little bit too uh, it's it's not balanced as much as I would like it. Um, so I'm not getting, there's, there's not much bitter in it. I would actually like to see the bitter be higher and the, the, the floral be a little bit less, but, uh, this is a, this is a great beer. It's delicious. What's your bottle cap rating? Uh, I'm going to go eight, eight out of 10. I'm going to go with the seven out of 10, just because it's from Port Towson, which is where you're from. So. Actually, you're from Port Angeles. My apologies, but it's still over the peninsula area, which is why I knocked it down a notch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Those of you from Port Townsend or Port Angeles, you're fine. It's just Alex that bugs me. <laughs> so, so, many, so many things wrong with all these statements. You know, we got to keep it fun. So let, let's let's dive into it here, Alex. So market-based versus promise-based. Um, I can already hear plenty of people that maybe you've heard of very, because we've done this, this topic before, we're going to do a different spin on it, but I can already hear a lot of people talking about how, you know, the, the rate of return is what's going to be on their mind. Right. Because, because they're thinking, right now, I hear what you're saying, right. You get to retirement and you've got this asset that's promised to pay you. Whereas a market-based asset, you know, you could have a down year and it, and it, it may not pay you as well, or maybe you have some, some risks there that that's not associated but I'd rather just have all my money in the market, being able to get that rate of return. And I'll have more money when I get to retirement than I would have prior. Okay. Ryan, when the next downturn comes, how much of your money do you want in market-based assets? Well, of course, everyone answers the answer to that. Answer, the answer to that question is no, and it's not realistic. Right. Well, I mean, the, the follow-up to it is usually like, okay, well, how often does the next downturn happen? It happens every how many years? Well, everyone knows that answer. By the way, if someone could call us and let us know that answer, that would be very helpful to us. <laughs> there isn't an answer because it doesn't happen every X number of years. Well, Whenever and really, everybody answers it that way. They, they're averaging or they're saying, oh, usually it occurs every X. What's funny about this, this, what where a lot of people go, and, and I get it, but what hit me over the head is more of 
strategically, what's the strategy to turn the assets to income? Right. And I think that's what most people, they don't quite get because they haven't gotten to retirement, right? That, that's not on their mind. And that's a fair statement, right? Like it's retirement strategies for me while I'm in the industry and I have an idea of all of these different strategies I could do. It's still really not, not is what it's still really not on my mind currently. Oh, it's awesome. One of the things that I've been asking people lately is, all right, what's your plan for creating income? And I'm usually asking this question of like anywhere from late twenties to like retirement age. Well, and, and no one knows that answer because that's the actual step that they haven't taken. Right. No one has Even though in the back clue. of their mind, and this is what the funny thing is, if you're close to retirement right now and you're listening to this, in the back of your mind, my guess is, do I have enough money to retire and live the lifestyle that I want for as long as I want? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you win the game, right? Which is what we've what we're talking about. What's the strategy to turn your assets to income? But when people like think about it, they really they don't know that strategy. Right. They don't know that there. They may not know that there are different strategies. Yeah, I, depending upon there's you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of like six to 10 main strategies. And there's somewhere in the neighborhood of like, I don't know, maybe 50 like individual ways of, of crafting those eight to 10 or six to 10 um, different strategies. Like they all call them something slightly different, but it, it usually winds up breaking down into one of those categories. And the most often used strategy is a version or the interest-only approach. Yeah, where you're, you know, just taking. It's it's funny because most of the time when we bring this up, people are like, "Oh yeah, that sounds great." And you're like, "Okay, cool." So interest-only, you've got a million dollars, and the market goes down ten percent. You're gonna put a hundred grand into your retirement accounts because that's what a true interest-only approach would be, and they they look at us like. No, no, I, I need money that year. Okay, got it. Where's it coming from? And yeah. it's just this deer in headlights look. Right. And then on top of that, we asked the question, okay, how is that money? So an interest only approach. So you're, you're scraping that, that for whatever percentage you're taking as your interest only approach. You're scraping that off the top of the nest egg. How's that money being taxed? What do you mean? It's retirement money, right? It's not being taxed. Oh, and the social security money that's coming in the door, how's that get taxed? And the pension money that might be coming in the door, how's that get taxed? What's your net take home from the money? To be clear, virtually all of this money is being taxed in some form or another. And so this is where this market-based versus promise-based conversation you know, let's start with the the primary reason for the, the the conversation, right? A lot of people, when you get to retirement, so a lot of our listeners, right, they're in pre-retirement. They're not thinking like this. So we're just going to kind of give you the heads up of what most likely you're going to change to, even though you're going to tell us right now, no, I won't. <laughs> because the reason why we know this is because we have helped what, right around a hundred people to and through retirement at this point. And this is almost universally said. 
Yeah, I mean, think about it, right? You've worked your tail off to get to this place where you no longer have to work. Now, to be fair, you might still go work. That's fine. But we're gonna we're playing the game of you don't want to work. Right. So you no longer want to work. You're whatever age you are. You've worked your tail off to get there. What risk profile you do you really want at that point? Like we've heard people tell us, well, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep it really risky. And the people that actually can do that is like few and far between. Like it's such a low percentage. It's it's not even worth bringing up, even though we hear it all the time. Yes, we hear it. In reality, is you you get to this sum of money, it the the money doesn't necessarily become who you are, but it's more of like no, like I've lived this lifestyle, I've got this family, I want to continue it. I don't want that risk anymore. I've taken the risk. I've gotten to the 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 pinnacle here. I want the risk off my plate and I'm going to continue to live the life I want. It goes back to the conversation that we were having about uh, Will Smith's biography uh, a couple weeks ago where like, okay, you've built all this wealth. You've built all this fame was, was Will Smith's example. Are, are you okay losing any of it? Nope. <laughs> you don't want to see that net worth number go backwards at all. So imagine this is the year you retired, maybe even the second year or third year you retired. It, I mean, it doesn't matter what year of retirement you're in right now. The market's down and it's down a, a good amount of money. You're taking an income from those assets. How's that making you feel? Like most of the time they do what, even if you had plenty of money, it's still like you didn't like losing it. And so this market-based interest-only approach, that's why people end up taking 4% or 3% because they're so, they're so worried about either outliving their money or they're so worried because they want to actually make sure that money is passed down. Like you, you just, you, they don't end up living the life that they thought that they were going to live because stuff's changed. Fear. They're, they're afraid of running out of money. They're afraid of inflation. They're afraid of their costs going up and not being able to do the things that they want to do. And so as a result, they choose to not do the things that they want to do. I mean, it, it's somewhat backwards logic and a self-fulfilling prophecy because the solution that they've come up with is to choose not to do the things that they were afraid of losing. And then you've got the promise-based assets, right? The promise-based assets are like a pension and social security are promise-based assets, right? That's income coming in the door, pretty much guaranteed coming your way. It's a paycheck that you're used to getting. Like if you're working right now and you get paid two times a month, you expect the paycheck to come in. Like if it didn't, like imagine, here's what I want you to think about. If you got paid the 15th and the 30th, or it, you know, most people get paid every other Friday. Imagine this Friday, the money didn't get directly deposited into your account. And then two, three, four, five days go by and it still hasn't been directly deposited into your account. No matter what your financial situation is, my guess is you're kind of freaking out. You at least want to figure out why and when it's going to start again and what caused it to stop and a whole host of other factors, right? 
right? So we're used to having this income coming in the door. Then we get to retirement and we're kind of like, crap, how do I turn these assets into income? I don't know. Like there's all these different questions. We're not used to doing that. Well, and not only the, the question isn't how to turn it into income. It's how to consistently do it in a manner that will last. That's the trick. And so if you had a pension coming in the door every single, every other Friday, the way that you are used to getting paid, or maybe it changes to once a month. In the end, it just becomes consistent. Do you know when you're getting that paycheck? How much like less stress do you probably have? Because you know that income's coming in the door and there's no asset that is shrinking. Yeah. And now it, it might behoove us a little bit, Ryan, to go back and, and maybe define market-based and promise-based at this point. Sure. Because my guess is that most we, people- We've gone deep enough, but let's just go there now. <laughs> I mean, most, most people, when, when we say market-based asset, they're probably thinking of the stock market, right? Yep. And what we mean by market-based asset is a market is formulated based on other people's opinions. Could be stocks, could be bonds, could be real estate. It's anything that doesn't have a set or static value and is based on the opinion of others. Art. That's a market-based market-based asset. Versus promise-based, it's a set figure. Everyone agrees with that figure. That and that amount is it, that amount of incomes coming in to your your household every period of time that you've essentially set forth. You know what the promise is, and you can rely upon it. Much different feeling, much different asset, much different level of security. Now, please understand us. This is not promise good, market bad. We got to have both. What we're talking about here is just making sure that when we get to retirement, it's not 100% market and 0% promise. And this is how you leverage the assets. This is, this is where the strategic aspect comes into play, which is what we've been talking about all along. And it's just not taught out there. And so when you're in pre-retirement, we're not trying to say like, there's, you know, we, again, I'll, I'll bring up the episode again, because I think it keeps coming back to that episode where we were talking about how, you know, are you, are you allocating your accounts or have you allocated your entire balance sheet? Most people are only allocating their accounts, meaning like your investment account, your 401k, your IRA, your Roth IRA, each individual accounts that I just labeled there is allocated to a specific amount, like a certain amount of stocks, a certain amount of bonds, you know, whatever figure that is. But they've never looked at, okay, let's look at the entire balance sheet. How much is in like a stock risk, risk profile? How much is in like a bond risk profile? How much is in like a cash risk profile? What does the overall balance sheet allocation look like? Well, one of the things that's, that's interesting is that while we've gone through this choppy market of 2022, it's not just stocks that are down. Bonds are down very significantly since January 1st. 
And we've started to see a tremendous amount of assets be moved over into bonds. Will that be the right move? Maybe. But as interest rates rise, existing bond prices fall in the absence of anything else. If that's the only change that has, that has to happen because the new higher interest rates are being credited and giving investors better cash flow. And so the existing bonds have to be devalued to give the same yield as the new ones. That's one of those things where we, we have to be incredibly careful. And so the whole purpose of this episode is to, is to bring market-based versus promise-based assets back to the forefront of your mind. Now, for those of you listening, you know most of our listeners are in pre-retirement. They're, they're in their 40s, maybe early 50s, Alex. Maybe so, late 30s. And if they're listening to this, are we telling them to go find promise-based assets right now? Maybe it's go have the conversation and figure out how much of your assets you want in market-based versus promise-based. The older you are, the answer to that question is you should be looking at a little bit more seriously, but in the end, this is still strategic, right? Like even if you're in your thirties, you should understand how these assets work with one another so that you can set yourself up. It may not be like promise-based asset, right? Just an annuity is a promise-based asset. If you turn on an annuity, that's income that's going to come to you, your household, right? Guaranteed from the insurance company. The purchase of an annuity may not be right for you today, but how are you going to fund when it, when it is right for you to purchase the annuity, if it makes sense, where's that money coming from? If you wanted to do that annuity, now imagine like you're, you're about to retire or you did retire, it's the year 2022, you're wanting to purchase that annuity and the market's down 20%. Do we feel good about this decision or are we wishing that we'd done it six months ago or 12 months ago? Whereas if you looked at your entire balance sheet and you're pulling money from an asset that's not market-based, so you didn't lose any money and you're doing that annuity, now it's a much easier decision. And ultimately, this brings us to our question of the day today. And that question is, what is the mix of market-based and promise-based assets that you want to have, not right now, but at retirement? So head over to beerandmoney.net and there's a spot for you to answer that question of the day. If you got any value out of this, if this brought any ahas or like, oh, I didn't think about it that way, share it with your friends, share it with your coworkers, share it on social media. The whole purpose of this episode and every episode we've created is to help you think differently about your money so you can make decisions and actually act upon them. So we hope this episode was valuable. And as always, Mr. Collins, here's. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. 
consult your tax legal or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201, phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 15319412, CA Insurance License Number 0K24924, Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699, CA Insurance License Number 0H24806. Pinpoint Number 2022-142039, Expiration August 2024.